Good evening. Yeah, it's 2014. If I haven't seen you guys, Happy New Year. And uh, welcome to our Wednesday Equip service. Now, our Wednesday Equip service is different from our Sunday morning services because it is our heart to equip you, the saints, to do the works of God's ministry wherever you may be. So that means school, work, home, Walmart, Target, Starbucks, KTA, wherever you go. Because, you see, it's not about being the church that we go to. It's about us being the church that brings the love of Jesus to those that we come around, right? And uh, as some of you may know, uh, our focus this year is relationships. In fact, the heart of New Hope Hilo, Hawaii, is all about reaching the lost one relationship at a time. Last week, Pastor Sheldon casted vision and shared about improving our relationships with God, everyday people, and the church body. He also shared about connecting groups and how we can start our own campfires to bring others to experience the warmth of Jesus' love. Now, why are we talking about relationships? Because if you look at it, our lives are filled with relationships, right? Look to the person on the right of you and say, it's all about relationships. Look to the person on the left of you and say, I know. <laughs> it's all about relationships. And it's because God created it that way. You see, whether it's us and God, husband and wife, parent, child, brothers, sisters, friends, co-workers, Facebook, Instagram. Everyone is all about relationships. In fact, uh, here in Hawaii, our culture is ohana, right? And we let everyone be part of our family. Like, isn't it amazing, like, how, like, okay, so for example, I told him I was going to use him. Uh, my friend Greg over here, I just met him, like, a couple months ago, like, maybe two months ago. And already this guy is like my brother. And we're just kicking it. We, we talk stories. We hang out and all that. And, and isn't it like us where we do that? We meet someone new. We welcome them. And like three days later, we call them up. Hey, guy, we're going to beach. They come. Oh, hey. Uh, and then after that, like less than like in no time, we invite them to our kid's birthday party. Right? Hey. And people are like, who is this guy? Oh, this is my friend. You know the kind. Uh. Yeah, I know him from, you know, two months ago. Okay. But you see, but, but we're all about family. And you know what's really cool is the, fact, is the fact that God's the same way. I mean, God wants to let everyone be a part of his family. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on what he has for them. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is very important. The importance of being a Christ follower means that we will be intentional when it comes to relationships. Because when it comes to God, it's all about relationships. And isn't that the greatest thing? God didn't want you and me to be alone. That's why we have relationships. 
You see, relationships are essential to God's plan, not just for you, but for everyone. Now, I've heard this said before, that there's some people that actually think that all, it's, all they have to do, all that it's all about, is raising their hand, believing in Jesus Christ, accepting him as their Lord and Savior, and they're, they're good. Like, they're good. Like, some of them think, okay, you know what, I'm going to make this decision, I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe in you, I accept you to my life. Amen! Why am I still here? And, that's, and some people actually think that. They think that, oh, that's, that's, when they do that, it's, it's done. Once they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're done. Well, if we were done, as soon as we said amen, the gates of heaven would open and we'd, ah, and we'd go, and there we would be. Now, last I checked, after I said amen, I was still here. And so we're up, all of us. And there's a reason for that. The reason is because God is not just about relationship with him. It's about relationships with each other. See, believe it or not, God's sole purpose is that none shall perish. And the reason why we, we're still here is because he wants us to have a relationship with other people so that they will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen? Now, we all have our own stories. And some of you guys might know mine, and if you do, I'm sorry, I'm going to share it tonight. Uh, my dad died before I was born. Like, I never got to meet my dad. And so I was born, my mom was Mormon, I was baptized Catholic, grew up as a Christian. It works. And when I mean grew up as a Christian, I mean, I got baptized in a Catholic church, and then my mom sent me to this uh, Christian uh, school that I went for preschool, kindergarten, and then I went for uh, after-school program, summer fun program, winter recess programs, and all that. And because I grew up in that way, I, I knew who Jesus was. I knew that he was the Lord and Savior. And let me just share with you how much I, I remember being a kid, and there was this one winter program that we did a play. I ended up dressing up like a Bible. I mean, I mean, dressing up like I, like that. I was a full-on Bible as a kid, and I remember singing and dancing, and, and in fact, I remember Wednesdays, uh, our after-school program, we would come in, and they would actually have a worship service. We would sing, you know, worship songs, we'd clap, we'd dance, we'd do all the motions, and then we had a message. And so I remember growing up as a Christian, I knew that Jesus was the Lord and Savior, but notice how I said I knew Jesus was the Lord and Savior, not my Lord and Savior, and so, I was raised that way, and eventually, things kind of started to happen. And it started around my uh, 13, when I was 13 years old. I had friends who, uh, you know, they, they, would, they would go camping with their dad, they would go hunting with their dad, they'd do all these things with their dad. And God blessed my mom, she tried her very best, but when you're a, a, a boy, and you're trying to become a young man, you need a dad. And so I started kind of going, what's going on? Why, why don't I have a dad? And then what hit me even more was when I realized that my dad died on Easter Sunday. 
And when I heard that, and when I, and when I understood that, my, my whole mind started flipping around because I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So God, on the day that you took your son and you rose him from the dead, you took my dad and you, di- and you made him die. And that was my thinking. And at 13 years old, that's what I'm starting to think. And all of a sudden, my entire perspective of God just flipped. Where I used to, I remember dressing up as a Bible and singing songs and all that. I started to not like God. Eventually, I ended up hating him. I remember this very vividly, and I share this with our youth, that I remember uh, I was a freshman in high school, and uh, I think me and my friends got into an argument because, you know, kids these days, you know, we're kind of rough, right? So, you know, they're kind of like, oh, Ben, we can go hunting. You know, I'm going hunting with my dad. Oh, sorry, you don't got a dad. And I was like, wow. And so I remember coming home, and I just lost it. And when I mean I lost it, I punched the wall, and I even swore at God. And I, 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 said, I made that moment the moment where I, said, I actually turned my back on him. I actually said, God, I know you're real, but I don't love you anymore. I hate you with all my heart. I was a freshman in high school. And so I remember, I remember feeling that, and, and I never went to church, and, I wasn't, and then even more so, I wasn't about church. When people would come talk about Jesus, I was like, I don't want to hear that. And so my sophomore year, I had classmates, and uh, two of them invited me to come to, to the youth group up here. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. In fact, one of my friends uh, who was trying to invite me, he was like, Ben, you got to come because if you don't, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> and my answer was, I know. I already know. I'm good. And we got into an argument. And, and, and I remember actually one time, he actually handed me a Bible. I didn't fly him. I was like, don't, don't talk to me about Jesus. You're not coming to me as a guy who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't know God. I know God. I, I know Jesus. I choose to hate him. But my other friend, his name was Dane, and he would just continue to just uh, invite me up here. And every time he invited me up here, I told him no. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And what was really interesting is uh, I only live so far away from the church. I live like right down. And what ended, what ended up happening was Dane ended up um, riding the same bus as me as we came home after school. And so I, I would always see him jump out and he'd go to church and I'd go on to go home. And so finally I kind of went, hey, Dane, what are you doing? Are you going to church? He was like, yeah. I was like, well, why don't, what time does church start? He's like, oh, six. I'm like, dude, it's like three o'clock. Why don't you come over to my house? We can hang out, eat food, talk stories, and then, you know, you can go off and do your church thing. That was my attitude. And, was, and, and he's like, okay. So he started coming over. We hang out. Dane, was, Dane is a really cool guy, uh, really soft-spoken, just, and, but he's also very funny. And so we talk in stories. We, we, we hang out. And then 6 o'clock would come, and he'd start walking. And so he'd be like, hey, Ben, you want to come to church? I'd be like, ah, I'm good. No, I'm good. Shoots. See you tomorrow. And this happened for weeks upon weeks, from my sophomore year to my junior year. Every week. He would invite me. And not in a way of, but you got to come church. But he was like, hey, you know, if you ever want to come check it out, you know, just let me know. And so every week, though, every Thursday, he would invite me over to church. He would invite me every single, every single Thursday. And every single Thursday, I shut him down. 
It's like, nope, 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 nope. It's like a broken record. Ben, you're like, come, no. Ben, you're like, come, no. Ben, you're like, come, no. And so, and then finally, uh, my mom, uh, because she's a loving woman, she's like, why are you making your friend walk to church? Why don't we give him a ride? I'm like, mom, it's only like three, like three feet away from here. She's like, no, let's, let's go take him to church. So we ended up driving him, and we drop him off. And every time he'd, we'd, he'd come out, he's like, did they come, Ben? I'm like, nope. Did they come? Nope. Same thing. Broken record. And then one time, we, we, dropped, we, we dropped him off, and I looked at all the youth. I was like, oh, these kids are too goody for me. I don't, I don't think I could be here. And, and Dane's like, Ben, you want to come? You want to come? I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to come. I'm good. I might burn the place down, you know. And I was like, Dane, you know me from school. You know I don't know how to speak without swearing, so I don't even know. And so he's like, okay, whatever. Well, Dane kept going and going and going and going. And finally, he asked me one day, and lo and behold, my answer wasn't no, it was maybe. And I think I said that only because I was like, give him a little bit of hope, you know, maybe, then shut him down the next week. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, they come. No. And so I said maybe. And then as we were driving away, I asked my mom, Mom, what do you think if I went to church? She said, it's up to you. So I thought about it. And then one Thursday night came and Dane asked me, so what, you can come or what? They come check it out? And I told him, sure. Why not? You know, maybe I get proved right. So I came, and I met Pastor Sheldon. He was our youth pastor. Uh, I didn't even know he was a pastor. I thought he was an older kid. <laughs> when Dane told me Pastor Sheldon was a youth pastor, I was like, really? That guy's like 20, right? Like, really? And then he told me, I was like, oh, wow, okay. And then I met other people who would eventually become my friends, like, uh, if you guys know DJ. And then, in fact, I, I actually remember uh, meeting my future wife that night, too. She was loud, though. That's how come I remember it. <laughs> Love you, Katie. <clears throat> but then I remember, uh, I remember, remember when it came to, our, I remember when it came to worship. And when it came to worship, you know, when you're new to church and you see people clapping and you see people raising their hand and they're singing, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, And you're saying watermelon because you don't know the words. Watermelon, 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 watermelon. And I'm like, I don't, because I don't want anyone to pick on me because I'm the new guy. And so, but I look at Dane. And Dane's worshiping God. And I look at him. And I'm looking at my friend worship God. And I felt my heart go, Okay. And then my heart issued a challenge to God. And I remember my heart saying this, and I remember saying this so loud in my heart that I still, I still remember it to today. I said, Lord, if you're real, prove it. Show me. And 12 years later, I'm still here. Now I share that. I share that. Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Dane. I wouldn't. You see, that's how important relationships are. 
See, if it wasn't for my friendship with Dane, I know God would have brought, got me here somehow, some way. But I'm so happy he used a relationship to get me here, not circumstances. And the first point that, as we look at why it's important for relationships is this. Relationships is important because the gospel is not just for me. It's for everybody. You see, the importance of relationships is that everyone in this world needs a Dane. You know, Dane could have had the attitude that, oh, I accepted Jesus Christ, I'm good, I'm, I'm going to heaven, yes! But instead he chose to share the gospel of Jesus with me in hopes that I would receive it and believe it. He didn't shove Jesus down my throat. He didn't force me to come. He just kept asking me if he wanted to. You see, instead of doing that, he, he shared the love of Jesus and invited me to build my own relationship with God. If you look at the disciples, 12 of them walked with Jesus. 11 believed that he was the truly the son of God. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, they knew that the adventure didn't come to an end. They knew it had just started. In Mark 16, 15, it says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. In John 21, it talks about Jesus and Peter. And you see Jesus restore his relationship with Peter and cast vision for the rest of Peter's life. Now, as you all know, Peter was the one that denied Christ three times. But in John 21, 15, and 17, it says, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Jesus asked Peter three times if Peter loved Jesus. And with every yes from Peter, Jesus tells him to feed my sheep. You see, it's not enough that we have a relationship with Jesus. This is important. Don't get me wrong. A relationship with Jesus is very important. But that's not all. You see, if we think that that's what's most important... We're going to fail to realize the true heart of the greatest commandment. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, the heart of God is relationships. The greatest commandment is that we have relationships with God and people. See, we've got to love God first. 
but then we have to love one another. We got to have a relationship with God, but if we only have that, then we're going to fail in this. See, if the heart of the gospel is found in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, then we must understand that the gospel is not just for me, it's for everybody. See, right now in your life, believe it or not, there is someone who is in need of the gospel. So my question to you tonight is, who can you be a Dane for? You see, God's purpose of relationships is that we will come alongside one another as we go through this thing we call life. Now, some of you may agree with what I'm about to say. Uh, if it wasn't for key relationships, I wouldn't be here. And, and the reason why I say that is because uh, I look back at one of the hardest moments of my life, and I can honestly tell you this, that if it wasn't for key relationships, I would not be here today. I don't even know if I'd be alive. This moment took place when I was young in the Lord. I was 18, and I was serving in our youth, and uh, I started to like Katie Ann. Now, in youth, we have a rule that if you're a leader, you're not supposed to go out with youth, but me and Katie are not that far apart. And so people told me to wait. People told me to wait. Just wait till she graduates, then you guys can go out. But uh, we ended up going out anyway. And it led to me having to take a break from serving. Now, I can only tell you guys this. I, I knew I had disobeyed God, and I knew I had let people down, and I felt so ashamed, so disappointed, and so heartbroken. Uh, I actually thought that I was over. I thought I missed it. I thought my calling had, I just forfeited my calling. That's what I thought. And I remember uh, people coming alongside me and, and, and uh, some actually, I'm not gonna lie, some actually shook their head. Like why? And after, after, I got, uh, after I took a break from serving, <laughs> me and Katie ended up breaking up. So even more, I felt like, wow, I had just lost everything. I just sacrificed my calling for a relationship that ended up not even working. And I felt like I lost everything. And I was, one of, I was in one of the darkest moments of my life, and I thank God to this day for two people that, that although... Uh, they were hard on me. They didn't leave me. They saw me struggle, and they said, you know what? <laughs> we're going to struggle with you. And in, in fact, one of them was the very person that I had to sit in front of and tell her, I know I have to step down from ministry. And it was Bunny. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, of all the people that I let down, Bunny is probably one of the biggest ones because I knew she saw a lot in me. And when she came alongside me and she said, I'm not going to let you give up. I'm not going to let you forfeit. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm willing to sacrifice just as much as you're going to have to sacrifice. 
If it wasn't for that, if it, if it, I mean, I can tell you guys right now, after that situation, they, they, they let me into their family. I watched their kids grow up. Holy became a father figure to me. And Bunny was always the older sister that beat me up. Trust me, I get the bruises for sure. <laughs> but if it wasn't for that relationship, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be here. And you see, that's why relationships are so important. Because believe it or not, when people are struggling, they don't need someone to say, ah, I told you so. They need a relationship that's going to say, you know what? I'm willing to struggle with you. I'm willing to endure whatever you have to endure because of the fact that I love you. And if you look in the Bible, you see that everywhere. You see that with Jesus and the disciples. So if you're taking notes, the second point is this. Relationships are meant to be life on life, heart to heart. See, relationships are more than just hanging out and spending time together. It's about being drawn close together through the love of Jesus and sharing life together. You see, everybody struggles. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. And the importance of relationships is that we are meant to help people through them. Not just with materialistic things, but with the substance of our hearts. See, it's very easy to say, I have a relationship. Oh, what you need? You need a dollar? Okay, here you go, dollar. That's, that's, that's simple. Anybody can do that. When, is someone, when someone's going, my heart is breaking, I don't know what I'm doing, help me. That dollar not going to mean nothing. What they're going to need is for us to come alongside and say, you know what, I know you're hurting, and you know what, I'm willing to hurt with you. But I'm also willing to help you find joy as well. See, in Galatians 6, 2, it says, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. You see, when people that are going through, so, when, we, when people are going through something, that's when we get to come alongside them and be heart to heart with them. And when that happens, you know what we become? The sheep of the shepherd. And the reason why I say that, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 25, verse 31. And I love, I love how Jesus puts it. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you, or thirsty, or give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? 
When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the one least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto me. Then the king turned to those on the left and said, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and he didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. See, Jesus was all about life on life, heart to heart. If we really have a relationship with Jesus, if we call ourselves his disciples, then it is through our relationships that we will prove it. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. John 13, 35. You see, relationships are important. Not only because everyone needs the gospel, and not just so that we can be life on life with others, but relationships are important because through them, we grow into the people God has created us to be. So I know I shared two stories. I'm going to share one last story, and this, one, this one's not as heartfelt. So I remember uh, <laughs> I was young in my walk with the Lord, and um, Pastor Sheldon actually invited me to join him for devotions at the old downtown McDonald's. But there was a catch. It was at 7.30 in the morning. Now, when you're a young adult, 7.30 in the morning is like 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to wake up at 7. Because, <laughs> you know, 7.30, that means I got to wake up at like 6.30, well, 6 o'clock, get ready, Miss traffic, maybe I'll be there by 7.30. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, I remember going, and uh, there would be times where I'd be late. And uh, Pastor Sean, he's really cool. He never said, oh, where he was. You know, he was always like, hey, come, Ben. And so we do our devotions, and it wasn't just me. It was some other guys there, too. And so, but like I said, it was hard for me. 7.30 was extremely hard for me because I was used to not waking up until, like, 9.00. And so uh, there was times where he, he, he kept saying, hey, you know, Ben, 7.30, there would be days where I missed. I'd text him, sorry, I was still sleeping. And I texted him at like 10 o'clock because I just woke up. And uh, <laughs> so I remember um, just, I remember him inviting me, and this is early in my walk, and, but then he invited me to something that, that, uh, that really interests me because I love playing basketball. I love playing basketball, believe it or not. I love playing basketball. And so he actually asked me one day, hey, Ben, you they come, you they, you they come play basketball? I was like, yeah, of course. Like, I love playing basketball. He's like, yeah, I know you love playing basketball. I was like, yep, shoots, let me know when and where. Okay, uh, it's going to be Thursday. I'm like, yes, Thursday, that's awesome. He's like, before devotions. 
Like, is there another devotions that you have on Thursday? Like, like no, 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 no. We're going to play basketball at 6 o'clock in the morning. Wait, 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 wait. 6 o'clock in the afternoon? Evening? Morning? So, yep, right before devotions, we're going to play basketball, and, and then, you know, uh, after we play basketball, we can do devotions. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew because I love basketball. I was like, I, I'm not going to really say no because I like to play basketball. So uh, I remember that, so Thursday came and fr- actually Wednesday came. I was like, guys, I got to go sleep early, like 8 o'clock because I got to wake up early <laughs> to go play basketball. And so uh, <laughs> I, woke up, I woke up at like 5 th- at, on Thursday morning. And I'm like, this is an ungodly hour to be up to go get ready for basketball. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm ready. So let's go. So I, I drive down and we go to Highly Gym. And, and so, you know, I'm all ready. But there's a catch. At 6 o'clock in the morning, you're not ready. Your body's all stiff. Your body wants to go back to sleep. You're all tired. You still get, you know, rubbish in your eye. And, and so you're like, oh. And so I'm expecting to just, you know, just be a nice, you know, calm game. I walk inside, and it's like the NBA. I'm like, you're running up down the court, the full court. I'm like, oh, you guys, what? You guys either got the Holy Spirit, because, man, I, 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 I'm like, I can't even do this. And so, so he sees me. Pastor Sheldon sees me, and he's like, hey, Ben, you're here. Come on, jump inside. I'm like, okay. And, you know, you're walking, and, like, and your body's trying to break off the ice, you know, and like, okay, I'm coming. And so we start playing. And I'm like, this is, you know, it's, it's not, nobody's going to win a trophy, you know, so this is for fun, right? At six o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> and so we're playing, and I'm, and like I said, it's, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a morning person, so I'm playing basketball at six o'clock in the morning, and pastor shouting in his most loving voice. He's not yelling. He's just speaking really loud. Come on, Ben. Come on. Come on. Up and down the court. Come on. I'm like, come on. And he's like, and he's like Ben, set up, set up, set up in the post. And he's doing all these terms. I'm like, shall I never play basketball? You're telling me all these terms I don't know. And he's like, two, three. I'm like, five? He's like, no. And I'm like, oh. And I'm like, and, and, and so we're playing, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. And I'm like, and, and. He's not, he, in his eyes, it was like 6 o'clock in the afternoon because I was running. I, didn't, I felt like I was doing tryouts again for high school, which I didn't get in. And I was like, ah! And so, and so we finally, you know, finally 7 o'clock comes and, you know, and we're playing with high school kids. And I'm like, you know, I got this. You know, high school kids, you know, nothing. You're right. What is this, BIIF? I was like, ah! And so... Seven o'clock comes and, and finally, you know, everybody's like, oh, good game, good game. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and, and not only that, I'm like angry. Because I'm like, I'm like, Pastor Shelton, you were yelling at me at six o'clock in the morning because I was running. Ah. And even worse, I'm like, we got to do devotions after. So I was on the verge of crying and anger at the same time, because I'm like, I can't be angry at my senior pastor, or I mean my youth pastor, and, and so we're, we're playing, and so, and so I'm like, I'm not going to talk to him, I'm not going to talk to him, I'm just going to get ready and just go, you know, do devotions, I'm going to be, I'm praying right now, and just be quiet. And so I'm like, I'm just, I'm about to walk out the door, and Pastor Sheldon sees me, hey Ben, I'm like, 
you know, quiet, silent, you know, silent treatment. Oh. I said, like, Ben, I'm like, I'm like, yo. I'm like, oh, what is he going to tell me now? <laughs> what? I didn't, you know, like, I'm like, oh, what did I not do now? And, and he looks at me, he grabs me on the shoulder. I'm like, oh, it's not good when somebody puts their hand on your shoulder. And he looks at me, and I'm like, he goes, hey, sorry, yeah. Because, um. I just know that I can, I know what you're doing, but I know you have more, in, I, have, I know you have more than that in you. And like for a split second, I was like, yep, okay, I'm good, I'm good, yeah, well, next week, next week, six o'clock, okay, well, you know, I'm all, all, yeah, you know, like, and, and that's the thing. See, that's the thing about relationships. It gives us an opportunity to invest in others. And if you're taking notes, that's the last point. It gives us opportunities to invest and disciple. See, I didn't, I didn't realize it then, but I do know now that why uh, Pastor Sheldon was yelling at me on the court was not about basketball. He actually was yelling at me because he saw something in me and he was trying to pull it out. What that was, was actually making sure I get up early. Because I think somewhere in his mind, and he actually shared with me this uh, a couple years after, he said, because one day you're going to have to get up early. Because God's people is going to need you to be up early. I didn't realize it, but he was already seeing that I was going to come on staff. That he already knew that God's calling was big. I didn't, but he did. And what's interesting is relationships allow us to invest. And, and even to this day, now I go take kids to go play basketball. And I do the same thing. Hey, what are you doing? Come on, get on. And, like, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And then I come alongside them. And <laughs> Great. Now you're like, oh, he yells at our youth? Yes. <clears throat> you see, uh, I... When we have relationships, we have moments to invest in people, not just for today, but for years to come. You know, scholars say that Jesus was about 30 years old when he started his ministry on earth. And then they also say that he was about 33 when he died on the cross. Jesus took three years and invested it in those around him. And that's why they're called disciples. Christ invested in them, and they in turn invested in others. You know, when, when we read uh, Acts 2, after the day of Pentecost, we see how Peter shared the gospel to all who were listening and what took place. And in Acts 2, 41, 47, it says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. Imagine that in one day, 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together together. 
at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You see, Peter shared the gospel. 3,000 people were baptized, and not only that, but the apostles invested in them. You see, in relationships, we get to invest in one another and have the opportunity to make disciples of Christ. Throughout the Bible, we see people investing in their relationships with other people so that others will come to know God. Old Testament, Moses invested in Joshua. Elisha invested in Elijah. New Testament, Jesus invested in his, in his disciples. And Paul invested in Timothy. And as we invest in people and disciple them, they will not only grow close to God and to us, but they will grow forward and connect others to Christ. My favorite, uh, my favorite relationship that I see in the Bible of investing is Paul and Timothy. And in 1 Timothy 1.18, it says, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. You want to know how much Paul invested in Timothy? He called him his son. That's how much he invested in them. And in 2 Timothy 2.1, when, right when Paul's about, Paul knows that his life is, is coming to an end, he says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul invested in Timothy almost as a father to a son. That's how we're supposed to invest in each other. In fact, Jesus commands us to invest in people by giving us the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18-19, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In all our relationships, God gives us the opportunity to invest in one another. Are we seizing that opportunity or are we squandering it? You can put your Bibles away. Put your notes away. And the reason, I, the reason I ask us that question is because coming up on January 25th, New Hope Hilo Hawaii will be having our connection conference. Our purpose is simply to empower people to invest in others in hopes of connecting them to Jesus. It's at our connection conference that we will be sharing how we can help people grow deeper in their relationship with God and others but also connect people together we'll be focusing on small groups, Bible studies devotional groups and activity groups you may think that you're not ready to lead a group and that's okay but you definitely can come and connect and be part of one activity groups are Basically, where you connect with others that do the same thing you like to do. For example, uh, every Sunday, or mostly every Sunday, uh, a couple of us, we go and we play basketball. And yeah, there's still that yelling, but it's, a, it's an activity group. And we get to have fun. But it, the best part is when 
Believe it or not, even playing basketball, you can still be life on life, heart to heart. And have fun. See, we gotta remember, being a Christian is not boring. There's a lot of fun to it too. Can I encourage you to be a part of our Connection Conference? Whether it's leading or just connecting and being a part of a group, it's very important. Because it's all about relationships. And that's what God is all about. I'm going to ask you to bar his, close your eyes real quick. Some of you in here, as we talk about relationships for this year, God is saying, you're not alone anymore. And you don't only have me, but you have those around you. Right now in, our, in your circle, whether it be a family member, whether it be a friend, coworker, neighbor, or even the person at the local Starbucks, there's someone out there that's not connected to Jesus Christ. And God is calling you to be that bridge. Because maybe the only relationship that they'll see with God is the one that you have with him, that you share with them. Relationships are, are super important because God designed it for us. I want to actually ask you to stand real quick. I want to ask you if you can just reach and grab hands of the person next to you. We're going to pray and it starts with us. It starts with us if we're willing to be the ones to go out into the world and have relationships that we connect with people. very well may be the lifeline for someone else. I don't say that to scare you. I say that so that you understand the importance of relationship. Because if I look in my life, if I didn't have those two relationships, I would not be here in front of you today. And some of you can agree with that. Lord, tonight we come before you, Lord, and Lord, we ask right now that, that Lord, you just remind us that relationships are not just something that we get to have. It's something that you designed for us so that other people will come to know you. Lord, we hear that phrase that we might be the only Jesus that people see. Well, Lord, how can we do that if we don't have a relationship with them? So, Lord, I pray right now that you would open our hearts. And, Lord, tonight, we know that there are people in our community, in our circle, that you're calling us to be a dame. You're calling us to, to not be afraid, even if they say no, even if they say no, I don't want to hear any of that. And I pray for those that you are saying that to, Lord, I pray that you give them a spirit of boldness and courage 
that they would not be afraid, but that they would understand that they are important, that each and every single person is important because the gospel is not just for us here. It's for each and every single person in this world. And that's why relationships are important. May you start with us tonight. And Lord, may you grow your kingdom. It's all about reaching the lost, one relationship at a time. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the relationships that we have with you. So now may we go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in your name. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen. 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 God bless.